0: Box Music Wednesday coming out of the stack of songs that you forgot you were obsessed with, Crushed by Jennifer Page from 1998. Her first single, and goodness, didn't it do well, international hit, including here in New Zealand, uh, and uh, then not too much was heard from Jennifer. Uh, she's had a successful career in L.A., writing and singing songs and jingles for TV and movies around the panel. I don't know if you ever recall this from the late 90s team. No, I was just
1: I, becoming a parent then, and then yeah. that's the only reason I can say why it, it completely went it went by me. <laughs> I
0: was obsessed by the song. I
2: remember the song. Yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah, just I, great song. Something about yeah. it, it. It really is in that um, stack of songs where you forgot yeah. you're obsessed by. Yeah, there, beautiful, uh, crushed by Jennifer Page There. Uh, look, the response is just thick and fast regarding David Slack's zebra issues, uh, zebra crossing issues. <laughs> we might. There's no to, way you can't.
1: <laughs> the, 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 you will always drag it back to Africa, won't you? <laughs> 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 um,
0: most people also say thanks to the bus driver, unnecessary, but it's cute and nice. Uh, now, uh, to this. This is one heck of a story. We've all experienced some intense lightning in the past few days. We never expect it to hit us. Lightning injuries and fatalities in New Zealand are incredibly rare. Well, one man has just come out of observation from hospital after the ute he was driving was struck by lightning. You might have seen it in the New Zealand Herald, actually, Mm. uh, delivering him a massive electric shock. With us now on the panel, Caleb Harris. Caleb, Kia ora, welcome. How's it going? Good, mate. How, how are you feeling right now?
3: Uh, yeah, good. Better than yesterday.
0: Better than yesterday. Look, um, much of the nation saw that video of your ute being uh, on fire. Tell us the story, Caleb. What actually happened?
3: Uh, oh, I was heading up to Golden Bay to go back to work, and, uh, you know, about 15k north of Hokie and the weather just decided, you know, be you know, real flashy with lightning and stuff, and then the rain got real heavy, and I slowed down for a bit, and you know, all of a sudden, bang! You know, lightning hit the bonnet, and smoke was everywhere. My ears were ringing, and I pulled off the side of the road as much as I can, and you know. The fire was happening pretty quickly so I got out um, and as soon as I shut my front door, it locked so I had to break my back window to get the stuff out of the back.
2: <laughs> God, uh, God wow! Is that
1: the loud, loudest bang you've ever heard, Caleb?
3: Yeah, probably. It's a lot louder than anything else.
2: And, uh, and were uh, you hurt at all? Were you burnt or you, you managed to get out and without any injuries?
3: Yeah, no injuries, just a bit of Little cuts on the glass from breaking my
2: window. Yeah. Right. Go, you must. Um, I think you should go buy a lotto ticket this week.
3: Yeah, <laughs> i think
2: very lucky.
1: I don't. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it, it. I, I
1: didn't want to make light of it, but you weren't being followed by Maureen Pugh, were you?
3: <laughs> no, I don't think
0: so Got a chuckle out of you there, Caleb <laughs> Look, um, because um, lucky to be alive yeah. Said someone who yeah. came across you uh, Caleb, it's just such an odd thing to ha- have happened And I guess is something that you just can't prepare for, Caleb
3: No yeah. Apparently, uh, once you've been zapped once, you're more likely to get zapped twice. Oh, mate. Well, yeah, that's more in Pew's story. That's
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, now, um, Caleb. In terms of the Ute, it was uh, on in full fire. Um, is it time for a new Ute? Yeah, we
3: see it.
0: All right, mate. Well, um, all the best. So you, you're pretty you're pretty shaken up, I guess. You're in hospital overnight and. Uh, uh, needless to say, I was going to say you uh, take more care, but really, you really can't take more care, can you? You're in a car driving in the rain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It
3: was just you know something you didn't. Well, I didn't expect.
0: Yeah. Nope. All right, Caleb. Nope. All the best. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Very good. Cheers, we, Yeah,
2: We've got a family story now. And my, my grandfather, who was a farmer out in the boondocks of Gisborne back in the 1940s, was out with the cows. And um, he got hit by lightning. And um, and they only knew back at the farmhouse because the dog arrived home without him. And they went and found him. And he had quite severe burns. He got taken Aye. off to hospital for a couple of weeks. But his... Um, his gumboots and his woolen clothes saved his life. Oh, and wow. the woolen clothes meant Goodness. he didn't get his, uh, you know, his burn. he had burns, oh, yes. but not his So he survived that. And, um, yeah, so that's sort of one of the family uh, stories yes. that's come down the generations.
0: 20 to 5, the panel, Leonie Freeman, David Slack today. The clean car standard payments are now getting delayed till June next year. Importers were going to have to pay start paying from the 1st of January. Now they won't have to pay till June, but will still be charged from January. To explain this further and discuss whether these targets are actually realistic, we have Mark Stockdale, a Principal Technical Advisor for the MIA, Motor Industry Association. Kia ora, Mark. Good afternoon. What's, why the delay for the clean car standard payments?
4: Yeah, well, it's to do with... Um, there's actually two different ways that you can pay uh, for um, the clean car standard penalties uh, for vehicle importers. And one is which is known as pay-as-you-go, uh, which is pretty much what it sounds like. You pay on a per-vehicle basis. So if you're importing a vehicle whose emissions are above the target... Uh, it will incur um, a penalty, and you have to pay that to register the vehicle, and that's what's being delayed. Uh, and that's basically because the pay as you go system uh, is not is not set up yet. Um, that's uh, being set up by the New Zealand Transport Agency, and it's it's just not going to be ready in time, so uh, it's been uh, delayed uh, until the end of June and that means that anyone uh, who was importing vehicles under the pay-as-you-go system, well, they'll actually just accumulate uh, any debt that they incur from January through to June, and they'll get an invoice from, from the NZTA uh, after then saying this is what you've incurred over that last six months. Got it. And they'll, they'll need to pay it. Mark- that's, no. what, that's what's been delayed.
0: Now, transport emissions, uh, of course, are the fastest growing source, the greenhouse gas emissions here. They count for all, 20% of all emissions we produce. Do you agree that we here need a cleaner fleet because our fleet is whew, pretty dusty?
4: Well, um we're not, we're not actually too bad uh, by international standards. Um, um, and, yes, our emissions have uh, increased over time, but so has our population uh, and the number of vehicles in the fleet that go with that. Uh, and, actually, over time, our, our actual um, uh, sort of... Um, um, emissions across the fleet are actually declining on a on a fleet basis.
0: Yeah, um, But having so said that, nearly, getting, seven, getting nearly 70% of all transport CO2 emissions, you know, from cars, SUVs, utes, vans and light trucks, this is in place. You know, I talk, I talk to people from New York, Switzerland, they come here, Mark, and I go, what the heck is it with our clean car standards? It's just a shocker.
4: Well, so what this, what the, this clean car standard will do this is adopting uh, the same sort of policies that are in place in other countries, they have similar sorts of um, CO2 emission standards and and now we, we've got the same thing okay, got and it. what mm. that does help uh, vehicle importers do is it helps them go to the manufacturers and and say well look we need access to, to cleaner vehicles uh, because otherwise we're going to get penalised and without those standards, uh, the manufacturers, will they will prioritise markets that have a standard that have penalties in place. I see. And so, yeah. so by us adopting those um, a standard, it means that it does give us some negotiating power with the manufacturers. The caveat there, though, is that New Zealand is a very small country in a very large market. And a lot of – so as I said, a lot of other countries also have standards, and they've been getting – you know, access to those to vehicles with lower emissions.
0: Let's go around but the panel on this, Mike. Let's go around the panel and then we'll come back to you at the end there, yeah. Leonie.
2: Mike, I was just wondering, what's the level of the penalty, sort of, for a for a car that you're talking about that's going to be imposed? Because I assume that that will carry through to an increased price for the car.
4: Yeah, well, um, the penalties do vary according to whether it's pay as you go, uh, which I was mentioning. Um, Or the other system, which is known as a fleet average, and that's probably more likely what the large importers, like MIA members who are new vehicle importers, they'll probably go for that. And their penalty is different. So for a um, pay-as-you-go, the penalty for a new vehicle... Um, is $36 per gram, uh, but if you're the fleet average, it's actually $45 per gram. So you've got to multiply the number of grams that you are over the target for that vehicle by either $36 or $45, um, and that's for new vehicles, and the penalties for used vehicles um, are about uh, 75% of that. Oh, no, David,
0: um, let's bring David Slakin. Um, look, but,
1: Wallace, to be honest, I feel like a vegan looking at a meat eater's pizza. Yeah. Mark, 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 you don't ride an e-bike, by any chance, do you? I'm, I'm not expecting you to say yes.
4: No, I personally don't. No. Yeah.
0: On you go. Okay. Hey, now, Mark, we might uh, we might uh, leave that uh, park that there, Mark. Uh, but thanks for being with us. That's Mark Stockdale, uh, a principal ticket advisor for the uh, MIA there. So, clean car standards, uh, they are coming in. They're uh, getting delayed uh, until. June of next year. Mark's there saying that the targets are, or well, he doesn't think they're realistic. Uh, 14 to 5, the panel. Now, councils would need to provide clearer information about risks like flooding and earthquakes and limb reports, with more protection against legal action under new legislation to be introduced to Parliament. Uh, also, to make them clearer and concise. What's the limb? It's the Land Information Memorandum. It's a summary of all that information that we hold on a property. Like potential erosion or slippage, uh, and if you're buying a property, well advised to take a look at it. To discuss, Tim Grafton is the chief executive of the Insurance Council of New Zealand. Tim Kiota,
5: Kiota, ora,
0: Pretty important things, aren't they, limbs? It's uh, good advice to study it hard. Yeah,
5: look, you know, typically when someone's uh, looking to buy the house, uh, the real estate agent or vendor. Uh, will usually provide uh, these days uh, the the limb on the house. Uh, It's a huge document. Uh, It could be probably uh, reasonably impenetrable for a lot of people. Um, But uh, what this uh, legislation is intending to do is make it a lot clearer around the natural hazard risks around uh, the property you might be buying. And also to include climate change uh, impacts in right. as well.
0: Let's go around the panel on this, and we'll come back to you, Tim David. Yeah, Tim. Uh, actually, um, I'm
1: I'm in two minds about this because I, I'm I, partly because I'm informed by something Leonie was saying when we were talking about this beforehand, which is that uh, there is. She noted that councils are um, probably going to be leery of. Uh, um, liability that they may incur by um, offering a pricey that then doesn't give you the the fuller picture. I don't know if I'm interpreting your words correctly there, <laughs> Leonie. But anyway, um, is that a fear in, in this, Tim, that such a thing would happen?
5: Well, no. I mean, what, what the uh, legislation is doing is provide a uh, uh, cover for council in providing I- information, uh, mm, which right, I, I would imagine right. would need to be reliant on best science and provided in good faith. Uh, I mean, there have been cases in the past where councils have been taken uh, uh, to uh, effectively down the court track uh, with people challenging the information that's there. Uh, And, you know, obviously when we're dealing with climate change and looking ahead uh, a long way, uh, there is an uncertainty. Uh, there's no absolute uh, rights and wrongs uh, uh, around what you can say about the future. So important for councils to be able to rely on best science that's available and say, well, in our view, in good faith, this is what it looks like for this property, uh, looking out uh, to the climate change impact. Leonie. So they'll get uh, protection from that if they do it in that kind of way.
2: Yeah, Hi, Tim. Um, Leone here. And yes, David, that's okay. what I did mean. <laughs> <laughs> that the councils were offering in, in best faith. But um, look, I, I think it's a positive thing. Anything that makes uh, information more. Uh, understandable, transparent for uh, people involved in property is is good, it's a positive thing and I think it's still a reminder and Tim, interested to see what you say that um, you, you, know, you still want to encourage people if they've got something in a limb, even with better information and they don't understand, make sure they do their due diligence, you know, don't just read it and, and think, well I'm not quite sure what it means and okay. carry good on point. regardless do your due diligence, go and talk to the experts, make sure you understand what it means in a limb
1: you can't leave the lawyer out. Oh, yeah, out. absolutely. Yeah. Tim, right yeah. The
0: yeah, because how will it impact someone wanting to take out a mortgage?
5: Well, uh, better information, better understandable yeah. information uh, will uh, it help them and it will also help uh, the bank uh, providing uh, the loan uh, that may well ask to uh, see the summary of the information that's provided uh, about a property. Uh, to inquire further into it. So if you're providing a 30-year mortgage mm. uh, uh, on, say, $500,000 worth of loan as a bank, you'd really want to be looking at seeing what the risks are for that property over that time. Uh, and, uh, you know, as a property owner, you'd want to be uh, fully aware of that as well.
1: Tim, I, j- just because the opportunity presents itself, I just want to say because I've been seeing you do it from time to time, I'm I'm grateful that you you as the uh, the insurance body have been uh, saying as much as you are about the the coming risks of climate change because God knows we can we can do with every reminder we can get. Thanks yeah, for that. I, I
5: mean, you don't want to be a doom and gloom merchant, but at the same time, uh, you know. We, are, we do have you know, lots of places uh, located in flood-prone areas today, and, and uh, no matter what, what your views are on uh, climate change, uh, all the science points to more frequent, more impactful events. So unless we start to think seriously about investing and reducing the costs of that... Uh, occurrence, then uh, you know it's not just about insurance. Uh, who wants to have sewage going through their house uh, two or three times a year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indeed, you, end you, up yeah. you got it. it. Tim, yeah. Tim, yeah.
0: Tim kia ora thanks very much for being with us. That's uh, Tim yeah. Grafton, there, the chief executive of the uh, Insurance Council of New Zealand. I'm on the panel, Wallace Chapman here, and I'm with Leonie Freeman and David Slack this afternoon. And as always, it's lovely to have you company. Love L&P, but brown L&P bottles, difficult to recycle. Who knew? I thought we were on top of recycling plastic bottles, but apparently some plastic is a lot more difficult than others. With us to discuss, this is Chief Executive of Plastics NZ, Rachel Barker. Rachel, welcome.
6: Hello. How are you guys doing?
0: Very well. This is is really interesting because this is... uh, uh, something I knew nothing about the fact that pl- dark plastics were very, very hard to recycle compared to your clear plastics.
6: Yeah, no, it's not so much hard to recycle. It's it's the um, the volume of it that is on the market, um, and also the, the in end market for it. Um, you know, if you think about how many clear, uh, you know, coke and Santa and all those other bottles are on the market versus how many of the brown ones there might be, there's a big volume difference. Um, So the actual collection side of
0: it um, is one or two. Okay, so it's more on the collection. Although I do understand things like your black plastics, it's trickle because they don't have the sensors to separate it out. I guess that's a similar issue, isn't it?
6: Yeah, pretty much. They're they're invisible to the optical Ah. sorters, So um, they they pretty Mm. much get manually deselected. Um, So, yeah.
1: I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm hesitating to do it because it's I'm that old, I can remember when but now I've said it, so the bit that goes Go after on, that man. is, you know, every, it always used to be the, the L&P, the iconic um, according to that story about the iconic uh, brown uh, bottle is that it was glass you know, it's only been in plastic for what, 20, 30
0: years I, and, I it, yeah. I, I, and I recall it and didn't you used
2: to get money if you took the bottle back to the shop? You did you Oh, did. going down the memory yeah, lane doing doing <laughs> the whole, going down memory lane Old Grandpa Simpson. Now. But, 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 but then but, the bottles but, broke; <laughs> the glass broke, and they're heavy oh, to look, transport. Here's yeah. my
1: scar from a Coke bottle. Yeah. You're I'm kidding, was kidding me. Anyway, um, we digress, but, Rachel. Yeah, we do, David. we do. No, but and I do have a point. <laughs> meander and Grandpa Simpson point, and and that is that I I'd, I'd, I'd like to see us finding a way past plastic packaging altogether. There, 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 is a, there is a there is a there is a possibility out there on the horizon. Maybe I'd like to see it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'd like to see it.
0: Stay there, Rachel. you've, You've got some... Oh, sorry. Let's bring Leonie in as well. You can respond to both, Leonie.
2: Yeah, no, look, I um, I found it fascinating because I hadn't realised the difference between the clear and the coloured um, plastic. And so it just reminds me again about um, education and standards. And, and uh, you know, hopefully some of the, the coke and, and LMP will, will shift towards clear plastic because that seems the logical solution. Although following David's logic, the logical solution would be for more people to drink less of that. Um, stuff and drink more water. Drink less no, l we'll less plastic, Rachel. Sorry. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in terms of, you
6: know, the, the direction of travel for, for most of the brands, they are definitely heading towards mm. the, the more roll up recyclable solutions. So, you know, hopefully we'll see clear plastic there fairly soon. Um, to the point about the, the glass and the, you know, sort of the deposit that you get back when you take it back, um, well, glass is all well and good except from a climate perspective. So mm. we take all of those drinks and we yes. put them in glass. The amount of fuel consumption will go through the roof. Yeah.
0: So you know you've got to be careful
1: what you wish for there. True, like, oh, so yeah. that, that is so true, David. Oh, look. You, you, Yes, you, yes you. I see that. But there are also questions about how we move things around in the, and how we do our energy altogether too. I mean, those are things that are going to change in the long run.
0: I can If re- we're going to get this right, I can right. remember picking up a um, big carton of glass. Fan- in fact, I've got. I'll show you after the show. show you. I've got a glass Fanta bottle. Mm -hmm. On my desk. And people cannot believe how heavy it is. (laughs) What about beer? It's amazing.
2: Remember the beer? Bottles of beer used to come in a crate. I
1: I used to sell a lot of them.
2: (laughs) From university, days. Crate of flagons.
0: uh, (laughs) Half cheese. What what I want to... uh,
2: (laughs) Yep.
6: Um, just wanted to say too on the you know the, the bottle deposit, but getting that ten cents back or whatever, yes. you know, we are actually heading in that direction. We, mm. We're just waiting for a government decision on that one right. um, as to what's happening. Um, you know, so hopefully in a few years from now um, we'll actually have that system and you'll be able to take your plastic bottles back and get your ten twenty cents back.
0: What I would like to ask from you, while I have you here, we're talking to a CEO of Plastics NZ. Um, so we are pretty diligent in our house. So um, we um, wash all our plastics. Um, hang them up on the dryer and dry them and goes into the soft recycling. Every time I go to a supermarket, the soft recycling um, bins are absolutely full. Are they working?
6: Yeah, they are. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you the volume per month. I think it's over 50 tonnes a month of those soft plastics are going to either future posts to make those um, fence posts and, and garden beds surrounds and things, or they're going to uh, save boards who do construction panel with uh, sort of plastic and fibre mixed.
0: All right. Good on um, you, Rachel. So
6: it's definitely going into product. Thanks. Sorry
1: sorry to make your afternoon difficult,
6: Rachel. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel.
0: <laughs> yeah, I nice. uh, okay. appreciate you being on. This Rachel Barker there, the Chief Executives of Plastics uh, NZ. Well, uh, on a day when we all talked about zebra crossings, Um, They just keep on coming. Wallace, my brother gets crossed if he doesn't get a wave when pulling over for ongoing traffic on narrow side streets. Once when a passenger, when I was a passenger with him, he almost crashed into a parked car when he quickly took the offered gap but took his hand off the steering wheel so that he could wave as he drove through. And yes, I agree with your guest regarding pedestrian crossings. Wallace, as not often I agree with RNZ presenters these days... But as far as pedestrian crossings, you're right on the target, Wallace. A wave or a smile, it costs you nothing. It can make another person's day. David?
1: Not drowning in abuse, waving. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it takes so little. Give a wave. Have a smile. Get <laughs> on you. The
0: only Freeman, David Snack, thanks. Wonderful show. I'm Wallace Chapman. Back tomorrow, 3.45. Checkpoint is next.